Welcome to this week's episode of the Marked for Eternity podcast, where we bring you biblical truth on topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. This episode is made possible by the Ultra Global Partners. To find out more information about the Ultra Global, please go to thealtraglobal.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here are your hosts, Jeremiah and Paul Johnson. Welcome to the Mark for Eternity podcast. This is one of your hosts, Jeremiah Johnson. On today's podcast, we again have Barry and Diane Nichols back with us in the studio talking about, we first talked about healthy marriage. Uh, We just uh, talked about uh, just creating uh, really uh, values in our home that's going to help to foster um, godly family we issued a, a challenge out there of, of maybe some that are have have a few kids. Maybe the Lord is saying have one or two more. We left that up to the Lord. No prophetic ministry available on that one. But on today's uh, podcast, we're going to talk about uh, three pillars uh, to raising godly children. And I really uh, want to encourage those listening today uh, just to write some of this stuff down and there's going to be some uh, passages of scripture and some revelation that God's going to bring forth about really how to develop uh, godly children. So Barry and Diane, thanks for uh, being back with us and uh, look forward to hearing what you have to say today. Yeah, we're glad to be back, of course. We're very passionate about the subject and of children and family because the Lord is passionate about it. And Everything that we know has been a gift from the Lord and through school of hard knocks mm-hmm. and uh, crying out with desperation. That's really true. So we, we give glory to God because he's really the one that deserves it. But he has laid down some principles in scripture that he shared with us that helped us immensely. Um, and just to keep it simple, there's kind of three pillars that we built on um, that we got from scripture. And we just want to share those today. We share them with parents um, anytime that we can, just because they've been so helpful for us to in raising our large family. So uh, the first one comes out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is a famous passage, which a lot of people know here. Oh, Israel, the Lord our God is one is where it begins. But I'm going to read verses 5 and 6 out of Deuteronomy 6. And it says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might and... These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. And then the next verse says, And you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so what's so significant about that to me, one of the main significance of that passages he's telling the parents first you love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your strength then you teach those things to your parents i'm I'm sorry to your children so it's a huge value and parents is not to throw extra pressure on us but the reality is the reality of jesus that lives in us and the way that we live our lives is the most impactful thing to our children we can say and tell them to do things or drop them off at church or drop them off at youth group, but that has very little power. What has power is who they live with every day, and if the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit is living in you and through you, we're not talking about perfection, which isn't an option. We get that. Mm -hmm. But, But 
the reality. So here's the thing that you know about your kids. They know who you are. Regardless of what image you try to put on, they see you in every circumstance. They know when you get up out of bed and are groping around to find your coffee and all that kind of stuff. They know who you are and they know what drives you. They know what is the core of your heart and your values. And that is what's going to shape them more than anything you could ever say or any boundaries you could set. So the parents focusing on Am I living a real life that is really Jesus-centered, Jesus-focused? Is Jesus the treasure of my heart? Because if he is, that's going to be communicated to my children. And there's a phrase that's often put out there that children are shaped more by what they, you know, by what they're caught. In other words, they, they catch it instead of what you're teaching. It's not by what is taught, but by what is caught is a better way to say that. So they, they catch the reality of Jesus from their parents actually having a real relationship. Mm-hmm. So parents, us are uh, living in a way that we are exhibiting and demonstrating, even in the small stuff. So your kids, they don't miss a beat. They see how you deal with things. And if you're underhanded in the way that you deal with things and you're trying to rip other people off, or the, by, even by the way that we talk about other people, if we tear them down and grumble, they pick all that up and they see, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do, and they're shaped by it. So we need to be aware that little eyes are always watching us and that little hearts are always receiving what we are communicating, even non-verbally. So that is a huge value that we actually live a consistent, true, and deep Christian life with Jesus as our treasure. That is all important uh, for our children being raised to love Jesus. Yeah, totally. That's so good. And one thing that I think about that definitely came into play with me being a mom is that, you know, situations would come up. And so Jesus being real in my life, that means that when the Holy Spirit highlights an area where I'm grieving him or I'm not following him correctly um, or I'm uh, yeah, grieving the Holy Spirit as far as like the atmosphere in our home that I would in front of the children, like, hey, guys, I just want to, mommy just needs to repent right now. Mm-hmm. And I remember a, a story specifically where um, we're getting ready for lunch and I had all seven at that time. And Shane and I were setting the table as my oldest daughter and we're getting ready to call everybody to to come have lunch. But two of the boys were arguing in their bedroom and I was just like so stressed out. I was like, Oh Lord, I just feel like I'm so weak. Like I can't, I can't deal with this. And I'm just, I'm so upset by them not getting along and I don't know what to do. Lord, would you you please help me? And I felt like the Holy Spirit just whispered to me, well, they're yelling at each other because you yell. And I was like, Lord, you're right. You're right please forgive me. I am so sorry. So we end up calling the children together for lunch and we're all holding hands around the table. And without me addressing their sin, I just addressed Mm -hmm. my own. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Lord, would you please forgive me for yelling? I know that I have grieved your spirit time and time and time again. And by your grace, like that is not going to continue. And I ask you to forgive me. I don't want to grieve you. And, um, And so, anyway, we finished our prayer, and without me saying a word, my two precious boys 
who were just at each other's throat, went to each other, hugged each other, looked at each other like, I'm sorry, they truly repented to each other. Mm. I didn't have to address it at all. Mm. But because of making way for the Holy Spirit, right, he's near to the brokenhearted. Mm. He's near to the contrite. And his presence came in and did what I couldn't do. He gave them the conviction. Yeah, this is, I can just even testify to the power of this in, in our own Morgan and I's home. Just, you know, and again, it's always like that dying to yourself and mm -hmm. realizing almost like the goal of trying to model a perfect parent mm. is like going to lead your kids astray. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've just found rather than pursuing perfection, trying to pursue a life that's of repentance, mm -hmm. you know, right? So right. like I do the best that I can and that I know how, but when we make mistakes, if I raise my voice, if I, all of those things, mm -hmm. you know, just confessing to them, right. it, it's modeling for them in their own lives how to treat one another. Or even there was a time where, you know, I felt like I was, I you know, I was in my flesh when I said something to Morgan in front of the kids mm -hmm. where, you know, at night, you know, the Holy Spirit checked me on that, but it wasn't enough to say sorry to her. Then the next morning at breakfast, I needed to address that as the father, husband, mm -hmm. head of the home so and good. model that for my kids and repent to her in front of them and it was just interesting the conversation that ensued on the on the ride to school that morning just really brought up um, something in the kids that they still talk about today of just seeing the way that we love one another or that hey it, it's not always going to be perfect you know they're like you know six and seven talking about who they're going to marry one day and all that so I was like we're not ready for that but you know just that opportunity but it's almost like the you know the Holy Spirit gives us an opportunity like you're saying there in the kitchen he speaks yeah. but then are we actually willing to almost lower ourselves as parents and model for children and i know i know you know we're, we're going after those those three those three pillars so it is one of the pillars it is it talking about modeling or maybe could you go through them with us yes so the three pillars and we, we can talk yeah. about them the first one is modeling from the parents. In other words, having a, the deeper the relationship and the more authentic that the mm -hmm. children see the relationship in the parents, that is hugely shaping for them, just like what you just described. Perfect, because we're all flawed, right? So they mm -hmm. know they're flawed. They need to know that when they're flawed, it's okay. They can repent, and that's, that's a lifestyle. So that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It helps to break the pride and creates mm -hmm. an atmosphere of humility in the home. Yeah, and can I just jump in real quick and sure. just say, like, so many times, you know, I hear parents tell their kids, you know, you need to apologize. And so there's a half-hearted, mm -hmm. you know, not sincere, sorry, mm -hmm. you know, not really, but I have to say it, so I'm going to say it. But um, I felt like it was helpful. I think that this came from Barry. Like, so let's be authentic. Let's really repent. Mm -hmm. And you completely, like you said, with marriage on the other podcast about minding your own business. Like, so even with the children, like you take ownership for what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, not that I did this, but you did that. Right. But just to go and like, look at them in the eye, say, I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? I should not have done that. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And 
that was just so helpful. And that was, has been the way we've repented to our kids. Mm. Um, and we repent to each other mm. and just feel like that's been really helpful. Because, you know, God gives grace to the humble, right? Yes. <laughs> you humble yourself and he comes in and he gives yes. grace. Right. And so many young people today, and you, you know this just being in ministry, they carry wounding from their homes and from their upbringing. Mm-hmm. And they're like thorns that are just infected inside mm-hmm. of them. And you touch anywhere close to that and they mm-hmm. flinch. Mm-hmm. And, and here's so that's difficult and it's harder to get those out in more of a process the older that you get and the longer that that poison's been inside of you right but if you can pull those thorns out right away mm-hmm. in your home if you've stuck a thorn in your child because you've messed up and you've acted like a donkey mm-hmm. then if you own it and truly humble yourself and ask for their forgiveness and confess that you were wrong i find that's a huge thing of breaking the pride Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That pulls that thorn out. And kids are so forgiving yeah. that you can pull that thorn out and they won't be the ones that respond to the father wound, mother wound, altar call 10 times, you know, mm-hmm. before they actually get um, some healing going on in their life. And you can you can deal with that at the spot and at the time that it's put in there. So mm-hmm. that's such a huge value um, to, to live that way, a life of repentance and and not sticking the thorns in and leaving them there and just walking on because of pride and of being afraid to humble yourself. Yeah, so the, the first pillar there is the, the modeling. What, what, right. what would be the second one? The second one is what we call tying heartstrings, which is relationship. So much parenting can um, devolve into role-keeping mm-hmm. where you're setting boundaries and, no, you do this, you do that. And so for kids... If there's not a relational aspect to where they really feel like you enjoy them, mm-hmm. this is a huge thing. It is. If you're an irritant to me and if they look at you rolling your eyes all the time as a parent and you don't really find joy mostly in them, I'm not saying there's not stressful times where they make you want to pull your hair out. I get that. We've all done that. But, but for the most part, children need to feel like you enjoy them and that you mm-hmm. love being with them. Mm-hmm. That is a huge value for them. Here's a verse in Proverbs 23 um, that is so powerful. 23, 26 says, Give me your heart, my son, and let your eyes delight in my ways. And I believe that those things go together in order like that. If you don't have your child's heart, they're not going to delight in your ways. If you have their heart, they're going to want to follow in your ways. That really is so true. And so... A big part of that is tying heartstrings. So we concentrate on tying the heartstrings. So what what can I do with my child to where they know that I enjoy them? I mean, one of the things that I did that my kids still talk about as adult children now, Dad, remember when we used to play these games together and we'd play games and they'd get all rowdy and jump on my back and we'd wrestle (laughs) on the floor? And they still remember that very fondly, um, even as adults, and mention it regularly. So that was something that was important to them uh, even though maybe I didn't always love playing shoots and ladders or whatever the game was um, they they loved that and they felt like that I was enjoying them they felt that heart of I was I love you and I like being with you mm-hmm. for kids to feel that way is a huge value for them and if they don't feel that way I mean there's all kinds of ways we can cut heartstrings so how do heartstrings get cut they get cut by um, not being present 
They get cut by ignoring. They get cut by anger. Mm -hmm. They get cut by harsh words. They get cut by being publicly embarrassed and shamed. You should never publicly embarrass and shame your children. Never. Um, It cuts their heartstrings. They shut off their heart from you because they're like, oh, you're not a safe person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anything that cuts heartstrings, we should ask the Holy Spirit to help us to avoid. And when we Mm -hmm. do cut them, we need to repent. And they can be repaired Mm -hmm. at that time. And uh, one thing that makes me think about is a a really sweet mom that's a really good friend of mine Um, back in Lakeland. She was just recently telling me this story, and she had no idea um, why her relationship with her little year-and-a-half-old daughter was not as close as she really wanted it to be. Mm. And um, I observed that, and I told Barry months ago, like, I'm really praying for them because this really, really distressed me. I did not see a close emotional bond. And so the mom had no idea how the heartstrings were not being connected or what she was doing to cut them, but they were obviously like not there. And just when I would see her, the little girl would just be very stoic and not responsive. And she didn't look happy at all. And I, I truly was grieved and really prayed, like, God, I don't know what the problem is here, but would you please bring restoration? Would you please tie this mom's heart to this little girl? And the Lord dealt with her just a couple months ago that she needed to get off her phone. Mm-hmm. And she, now when I would see her, I wouldn't say that she was on her phone all the time. But she felt like it was you know, a couple hours a day or three hours a day. She's researching. She's looking things up, whatever. And she just felt like the Lord dealt with her, like, put the phone away during the day, be fully present, and start just really having a lot of interaction, you know, with your little girl. The last time I saw her, it was the sweetest thing in the world. I had to ask her what in the world has changed because there's a huge difference in your relationship now. And it's just the most beautiful thing. The little girl is so happy, so responsive emotionally, and just so secure. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I'm, you know, my processing, you know, again, I I feel like Morgan and I are somewhat of disciples of yours. I mean, we've implemented so much of what you're talking about. And I vividly remember the paradigm shift that I had as a young parent and still am, but when our kids were, you know, one, two, three, that kind of thing. Now they're, you know, almost 11, nine, seven, that kind of thing. Um, you know, again, it's like you, you uh, parents that are listening today, it's like you have somewhat of an idea of, of what the Bible, you know, requires. And so you're like, man, Lord, I really want to, raise godly but for whatever reason i don't know i I call it like you know religion or kind of like a religious spirit it's it's wanting to um it's wanting our children to act right publicly Mm. without connecting to their heart Mm -hmm. privately Mm -hmm. right and so a lot of times you run into these situations where it's almost like you said we're we're disciplining our children publicly out of embarrassment Mm -hmm. you know for you know they acted out they ran they they did something and and when you're when we're counseling these couples or these families you're noticing you're not doing anything to connect with your child at home there's no heart connection 
and you're just doing the law thing. Right. Don't do this, exactly. do this. And it just, it ends up, I found Barry, I don't know if you'd comment on this. I feel like if you, if you are just a strict obedience, per, you will drive them further away from the Lord by just disciplining without the heart connect. I've found that. Absolutely. We've heard stories over and over again from people that were raised in Christian homes, even, you know, pastors being their parents and they turn away from the Lord. And it's because of the sense of rejection that they felt, or they were sacrificed on the altar of ministry. They're neglected. Oh, we're going to leave you here constantly with a babysitter or whatever it looks like where it felt like they were essentially abandoned for the sake of Jesus. And then like, why do I want anything to do with Jesus? He abandoned me my whole yeah. life and he took my parents from me. Yeah. So that's a, that's a huge thing to guard against, of course, in ministry. But for, for believers in general, we're busy people and there's distractions everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. With jobs, with, with just every kind of distraction. Entertainment is just so everywhere, internet access phone everybody's on their phone constantly all of that stuff we just have to keep in mind what message we're sending and are we connecting on a heart level with our children is all important yeah and it makes me think of the story of red bradley right because he was a he's a minister he's a pastor he wrote books on child training Mm. and boy he had everything down like his little children like when he spoke they jumped Mm -hmm. and but they did feel like they were um, they had to be like those little soldiers. Yeah. And it was, but it was very pharisaical because they obeyed on the outside, but on the inside, mm-hmm. they had no connection to their father and they didn't want any. Mm-hmm. And when they grew up, those children all rebelled. Mm-hmm. Very, very sad story. They, they, and then they had a couple more children and they said, boy, have we repented? Have mm-hmm. we totally changed? And they're praying for restoration. Last time I heard the minister many, many years ago. I'm sure everything is good now, but they were really praying for their older children to come to the Lord because they said it was our own, our own Pharisaical ways that made them little Pharisees. And then, yeah, there were no heartstrings. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's almost like, you know, first hearing you guys talk about this years ago and knowing, and we're not perfect parents at all, but you know, being, I mean, I'm, I just know, and maybe if it would just help a dad out there. Mm-hmm. So I was raised with three brothers and a very sports boy. So we have a girl first and I'm terrified because I'm like, I don't even know what to do with girls. I have a son and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I know what to do with him kind of thing. But even that heart connection, like there are phrases that my girls I have three say where I know that they're looking for an emotional connection with me that if I do not slow down and give them that you know so my oldest daughter she'll often say dad can we talk and I immediately know that's a a trigger for me Jeremiah you need to so I'll lay in her bed with her at night and we'll just connect. But I'm, you know, you've got to learn where my son, like oftentimes literally before bed, we will just wrestle or, you know, Morgan gets upset because he's, he's getting all, you know, you know, heart rate up and where he's not going to go to sleep. But I mean, we'll just pound around and 
you know, shoot That's Nerf awesome. guns or something and just connect on that level That's so good. as a, as a boy. And I'm not saying boys don't need an emotional connection, but I just found it's different with my girls. And so maybe if there's, you know, a, a dad listening today, you know, because I, I feel like as parents, we, we love our kids, right. but it's just like, Lord, how, how do I find out what they like to do? You know, how can I connect with their hearts? So I'm just even asking, you know, just the Holy Spirit, um, mm-hmm. just to help us as parents listening today um, to bring breakthrough. And Holy Spirit, I do ask even right now, Lord, parents that are, are listening that either feel the guilt of an inability to connect in previous years or some right now just knocking on the door, um, wanting, um, wanting that connection. Holy Spirit, we do pray that you would help us to connect on an emotional heartstring level in Jesus' name. Well, we've talked about uh, that that first uh, pillar. Uh, we've talked about the second one. Barry, could you could you talk to us about that third and final pillar? Yes, uh, the third pillar is actually active training. Um, this comes from Ephesians chapter six. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise so that it may be well with you you may live long on the earth and then it says fathers do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and in the instruction of the lord so the word discipline there carries the idea of actively training them and instruction more of a verbal you know correction or giving them guidelines so there's both aspects there of the verbal which is what we mostly see now stop that don't do that do this but but there's an active training and in my view um, watching today's families, and, and probably it's been the case for a long time, but certainly in this generation of young parents, I think the biggest deficit and lack of um, understanding maybe even is, is in this whole idea of active training. Mm-hmm. It's a big subject. <clears throat> um, John Piper gave a story that mm-hmm. is really impactful to me. He said he was on a plane recently and there was a seven-year-old boy or so he thought he was five to seven years old and had a device in front of him and of course you know on planes they tell you, you got to shut down all devices stewardess came by and said hey honey you need to shut that off kept going down the aisle he didn't shut it off just ignored her completely uh, kept playing on his device mother sitting next to him didn't say anything stewardess came back by again hey uh little fellow you need to turn that off because we can't have that on when we're taking off Ignored her, didn't pay attention, just kept playing on his device. Mother didn't say a thing. Third time, she comes by and says, listen, you need to turn that off and give it to your mother because we cannot take off the plane until that's turned off. So he turns it off. As soon as the stewardess gets past, turns it back on and starts playing again. Mother's sitting there watching and does nothing about it. And Piper's comment was powerful. He said, that mother is training her son to be shocked. And that's shocking. He said, because this week in California, there was a 13-year-old boy that came out in an open public space, and he had what turned out to be a fake uh, assault weapon that he's, you know, spinning around. And the police came on there. They didn't know if it was real or not, of course, because they look real now, and said to him, hey, put down that weapon. And he wouldn't listen, and he kept spinning it around, and he turned it on the police, and they shot him dead because he had a toy gun, but he wouldn't listen, didn't know how to relate to authority, didn't respond to authority, 
And really, honestly, for that boy on the plane, that the mother is training him to not respect authority, to not respect anybody else, but just to keep playing and doing what he wants to do. And there is an aspect of children, like foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, right? So, um, but the rod of correction will drive it from him. So we definitely believe that the Bible teaches in Proverbs. I think it's obvious. Some people wanted to deny that. But, but one of the tools is spanking, for sure. It's not in anger. So, so as far as discipline goes, the huge issue that needs to be settled from the start is it doesn't have anything and should have no connection with anger. It's mm-hmm. training. It's training them to have self-control. It's training them to be respectful. It's training them to be obedient. And the parent's role, one of their roles that the Lord gives to the parent is to cause your children to walk in an obedient way before you. And that takes active training. Yeah, one of the things that you guys said over the years that just like revolutionized our our thinking was you said nowhere in the Bible does it say to raise your kids, but it does say to train them. And I think that 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 is what we're talking about. If we're just raising our kids, we're just letting them do whatever they want, and we're just kind of coming alongside of them and just helping them grow up. But if we're actually training them, it requires parent involvement where we're the ones who are helping to develop and train them in what do we value, what do we do, what do we not do. And again, through that heart connection, I mean, I've just found when you start talking about discipline, spanking, it's like this trigger reaction Mm -hmm. because so many people have received that in anger and you know be out of their parents being embarrassed and so just want to encourage uh, anyone that's listening today whether you are a recipient of of discipline in anger or for some people they they were they were raised there was hardly any discipline or correction and so now that you have children you're wrestling through when do i engage when don't i bury yeah so we need to realize, too, spanking is only one tool in the yes. toolbox. It's yeah. not the whole training aspect. It's only one tool, but it is necessary. And if you take that tool out, then you're actually limiting your ability to, to raise your children well. Again, it's, it's always separated from anger. Uh, you know, I've heard this example used, and for some people it may sound, that sounds terrible, but I don't think it does. It's like training a horse. You don't go out there and beat it with a two-by-four. You value that horse. They're beautiful, and you're wanting them to learn how to do what they're supposed to do. And so there's a swat, there's a swat, but it's not a beating. It's not in anger. It's not punching them. It's not, see, all of those things are what the world associates with spanking. And unfortunately, the church has bought into that. Oh, if you spank, then you're abusing your children. No, I would say this. I know children that have been raised basically to be on their own and have never been disciplined and when they get older they don't have enough self-control to keep a relationship they can't stay married they can't keep a job because they don't have any self-control they're just used to playing on their game and doing what they want to do and feeding their flesh all the time and tell me which is more cruel isn't isn't that child abuse they can't even be a productive adult in their life because they don't have any self-control and, and, 
And I want to ask the question, how can that child end up being a disciple of Jesus where he says, you have to take up your cross every day. Mm-hmm. You have to deny yourself every day if you're going to be my follower because this isn't about you. This is about me, he says. So we're training our children to be disciples of Jesus. And in order to be his disciples, we have to learn how to do hard things, right? Yeah. And the earlier we can learn how to do hard things in an atmosphere that's loving, affirming, where there's heartstrings that are connected, then the better off we are and we'll learn to grow and be actually responsible people who can be those that can be a blessing to others instead of those that are always a burden. That's so good. Well, I know that we're, we've got to wind down today. I want to just thank you guys for your time, your investment in the podcast. Um, for those that uh, want to continue to, to follow you and tune in, I know that Heart of the Father Ministry, the church that we planted down in Florida you're ever in the central florida area it's in lakeland uh, barry i know that you're ministering there on sundays i know that you guys are also doing some some parenting things do you guys do you know the website yeah it's hotfmlakeland.com okay that's all one word hot h-o-t-f-m lakeland.com okay and that'd be a way that you can further connect with them and obviously on i think it's facebook i've seen instagram as well so um, Diana, if, if I can put you on the spot, would you just pray for us today? Pray for parents as we're closing, uh, as they're, you know, mulling over these three pillars and how maybe we could implement that. Would you just pray for our listeners today? Father, thank you so much for this time you've given us. Thank you so much for your beautiful and powerful Holy Spirit who knows how to make our crooked ways straight. Would you do that in our hearts, in our families, in our marriages, Lord, in the relationships with our children? Would you make any crooked way straight, any way that is not honoring you, any way that's not drawing our um, relationships um, onto the right path? Would you highlight those? And would you guide us by your Holy Spirit and through your word? Father, our prayer is that our children would be presented to you one day as chaste virgins, just like Paul said. That is our heart's desire, Lord, that they walk in the truth, that they really know you, Lord, not in word, but in deed and in truth. May they truly love you and embrace you and follow you all the days of their life. Let your name be honored and glorified. In our families, Father, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Mark for Eternity podcast. We'll be back with you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Mark for Eternity podcast as we seek to bring biblical truth to this generation regarding topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. We want to give a special thank you to our ultra-global partners, who make it possible for us to release fresh content such as this in order to train and equip the body of Christ around the world. If you were blessed by this episode, make sure to go to thealtraglobal.com forward slash podcast to listen to current and past episodes. God bless and thank you for listening.